0: This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff.
1: And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live.
0: We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues.
1: And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them.
0: This week, we're going to be talking about witnessing to the broken made in God's image. And, of course, we can't avoid starting from the beginning when we talk about this. Sometimes we want to jump past what is foundational in this subject, especially. But I don't think we can, can we?
1: No. Um, we began, really, this whole season and series of discussions that we're having thinking about the image of God and how that comes Upon each human being, and we're made in God's image, and so if we're gonna if we're gonna witness to uh, those in our world and community, and we've been talking about how to love our neighbor, and that's gotten us to this point, how are we gonna witness to them? How are we gonna love them? How are we gonna share Christ with them? Well, they're made in God's image, so we need to understand who they are and how they're made, even though there's brokenness. That's the subject. How do we witness to those broken? broken from what? We need a standard. And so that's the image of God's the standard.
0: Yeah, and the image of God, when we think about the image of God in the beginning, everything was good and everything was perfect. And being made in the image of God isn't necessarily this parallel. We look exactly like God. It's, right. it's more of an expression that is out flowing out of us in looking like God. I mean, yeah. we do things, we function in ways that would be representative of who He is. Right. And so when we think about those things, we're thinking about the image of God. And every person in mankind, you know, bears that mark because we all come back from Adam and Eve. But then something happens significant. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because we look at the world and what could be said from what we just made the argument for is everybody's made in God's image and if God's a good God why is there any evil or suffering at all? Because he's good and we bear his image so there should only be good in the world and you could say so either God's not good or everything that's happening really is okay like both of those (laughs) arguments could come from that and we're saying we're made in God's image but something got broken therefore evil and suffering exists not because God did that, but something got shattered from the creation that he said is good.
0: Yeah, and of course we know that that's in the event of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were given a command, and they disobeyed God. And when they disobeyed God, it broke relationship, and it brought death and suffering into our world. And so our our earth itself Mm -hmm. is bearing the weight of that until the return of Christ, until He restores all things new. But that weight of that suffering is not just on mankind, but it's on everything.
1: Yeah, and that's why we see not only uh, the the devastation that sin can cause in our personal actions, but uh, natural disaster things, which we've seen a lot of recently, hurricanes, hurricanes. primarily is what I'm thinking about right now, but the earthquake in Mexico as well. Um, you've traveled to places where there's been major natural disaster, and uh, we have as well, um, and, and seen the suffering that comes from that. And Sometimes people want to take natural disaster suffering and attach it directly to personal sinfulness, yeah. uh, which is not a good connection to make. Um but there is suffering because of natural disaster. It's because of the shattered image. God cursed in Genesis 3. He cursed the land. He cursed man and woman. He cursed the serpent. So there's a curse on the land. And it's, uh, it, it can't bear the weight of what's been broken until he fixes it. And so we're seeing the, the shatteredness and the brokenness in the world. And that causes suffering for people. Real hurt, genuine hurt in people's lives.
0: Yeah, so the question that we want to get to today in particular is is trying to witness in that broken world, right? Yeah. I mean, when we think about what we heard today on or yesterday and today on the news about Hugh Hefner, right? right? I mean, this is a life that appears to be broken, and a lot of times we want to go in and we want to be able to take everything that he's made in all his ideas and events in life and pull all those things from the shelf. Right. And we want to just basically silence him from doing anything and that would make everything better, right? right. I mean, we kind of look at these symptomatic approaches to people.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the idea that we can make lives better, make things better by simply removing things that he had done and those things ought to be removed. They're not appropriate. They're not right. Uh, they, they go against the moral fabric of our world. They've caused harm and damage in people's lives. Uh, and so it's not wrong to want to halt those, stop those, protect yourself from those. At the same time, getting them off the shelves, keeping people from being able to subscribe to websites that uh, his company would have produced or whatever, that doesn't solve the problem. Um, the brokenness is, is in his life. And the goal of witnessing in the broken is not just trying to fix the symptoms that's coming out of somebody's life. Um, it is trying to get to the root cause. And that may be, do they have a relationship with the Lord? That may be they have a relationship, but are they doing the things necessary to grow in their relationship with the Lord, have Christ renewing their mind, reforming them into his image? We would call that a process of sanctification. And so we want to uh, think about, so how do I bring the witness into the midst of the suffering, not just help somebody overcome their pain?
0: Yeah, and it... It really reminds me of there's there's two different ways that we'll probably talk about witnessing in this way, and one is through, you know, someone who's suffering from sin that they've take that they have invoked upon themselves right. by their own actions, yeah. right? And then the other would be, you know, the response of, of witnessing in the midst of natural disasters and things like that, that or kind of suffering. Angel.
1: Somebody else has sinned, and now it's it's causing you harm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it makes me think of the proverb, you know, 1315. It says, you know, the way of the sinner is hard. And Mm. we can definitely see that sin causes a lot of havoc in people's lives. And so one of the first places in starting is communicating with the individual and talking about, you know, where they are, like you said, in their relationship with God, you know, what does that look like? And what is the world saying? I mean, the world's trying to fix them in a particular way. Mm -hmm. The world has an answer that they want to give to people. It's a set of beliefs that can probably give some kind of alleviation of pain, Mm -hmm. or at least some answers for a time period. But it seems that it would only get them so far. Right. I mean, Jesus is the one who said, I have come that you might have peace, right? right. And so if we're really looking for peace as an individual in the, in the midst of a broken life, then we wanna be able to centralize on what is a biblical view? What right. is a biblical answer of witnessing to this brokenness? And understanding the way of a sinner is hard and understanding as Psalm, 32 says you know it's a this picture of this person who's not confessing their sin who's turning on their bed over and over night and day mm-hmm. being restless and all of those things because why because God has his hand pressing in in such a way to allow that suffering to draw mm-hmm. them to himself yeah and so while we're witnessing to the world i think that sometimes When we go just systematically, instead of going from the origin of the problem, that we're in a sin-cursed world, and these are some of the repercussions, but Christ came to restore, then we can begin to see some change, transformation, some healing, some successful moments in life. And that's not just alleviating it for a time, as I believe you can have in the secular view, but it's for eternity
1: yeah yeah I think most people are looking for the short-term fix and I think even in our Christian world um, we begin to think like the world and we we see quick fixes to most problems so someone in their in their pain and and suffering whether it's a choice they've made in, in sinfulness or it's something that's occurred to them we even begin to want the quick fix. we just want them to be happy again. We want them to be free from the pain again. yeah, and we don't think about are there some root issues here and And then I, I also think there are times that, as a believer, we look at somebody else's problems and we go, well, if you would just do what God wants you to do, this would go away. And we kind of take a position of self-righteousness, like, I've, I've got it figured out, if you would just figure it out like me, and we forget that witnessing in brokenness means not just I'm a witness to broken people. No, I'm broken, but God's renewing me and fixing me, and I'm witnessing to you who's also broken, so I relate to you, mm-hmm. even though it may be different suffering. Your suffering may be this caused by this, but I've walked in my own brokenness, I've had things happen to me. I've made choices that, is, that have caused sinful consequences. And so rather than approach it as I have it figured out, now you figure it out like me. It's, no, let me walk with you in your brokenness because I get it. I understand I've been broken, but God is working on me. God's teaching me. God's training me. Christ has forgiven me, and I'm walking in grace day by day in the forgiveness that comes. And so I I think that's just a different way to approach things that helps if we're going to witness to the broken, we can't stand over them, mm. <laughs> um, and we can't give them quick fixes. Uh, and it's harder sometimes. It's longer sometimes. Yeah. But like you say, it the quick fix only fixes for a while. They need they need heart and mind and life renewal.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And just the I think. The what Jesus left behind when He said, "He who has forgiven much loves much," mm-hmm. and in that, you know, being able to see, I have been forgiven for a whole lot, mm. yeah. you know, and so in the midst of that, really being able to love, to compassion, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, and being able to really walk alongside—I mean, that—that's the picture that Christ wants. be seen in the church yeah you know and so i think when when dealing with or when witnessing to the broken i think you're right understanding that place where we've come from yeah and that way it's more easily walked together as opposed to walking over
1: yeah Um, i think about the verse in first corinthians 6 and gives a long list of things that uh, keep you from the kingdom of God and ends with such were some of you. Um, just a reminder that these things were true of you too. So uh, yes, these are the, these are sins and they're not the only sins, but these are sins and sin keeps you out of heaven. Uh, and you would be out of heaven also. You wouldn't have a, a, a chance to enter, but Look at what Christ has done. And and I'm thinking about um, the fact that we're renewed as creatures. When we come to Christ, behold, new things have come. Old things have passed away. And um, a lot of times, instead of letting renewal take place, letting God work the new creature into a person, we immediately begin trying to fix all the little symptoms and all the little things you've got to fix this morality you've got to fix this morality and go back to our Hugh Hefner illustration a moment ago such a broken and shattered life from a Christian perspective many people wouldn't view it that way probably but um, we would look and say there's so many things that ought to change but it wouldn't do any good to just get him to stop having a lot of women to sleep with or stop producing pornographic material or stop doing these things that doesn't fix anything. He like, he would he could st- have stopped doing all those things morally and he's still going to hell. Yeah. And so what's the real problem? And let's work on that with people first.
0: Yeah. And knowing that someone's being renewed also reminds us that people you will begin to see changes in people's life. Mm -hmm. They don't stay the same. They begin to look more like image bearers of God. They begin to change into His character of love, joy, peace, patience. They put off the old self. They they put off sins, not because someone's telling them to, but because the Spirit of God is living in them, convicting them that this really isn't the the best route to be taking. And so they begin to lay those things aside that have been entangled them their whole life. Yeah. And so, well, there's another kind of suffering that goes on within a lot of things that have been happening in the world regarding natural disasters. Yeah. And and witnessing to, hey, wait a second, what in the world is going on? Yeah. I mean, you're you're telling me this is a good God and He's allowed this disastrous thing to happen. Yeah. Uh, what How do you call him good?
1: (laughs) Yeah, the problem of evil and suffering will not go away until the evil and suffering has been eradicated from the earth. And so this will be a discussion that people have over and over and over again. And even within the church world, when you kind of walk through a time of suffering and and you come to the other side and God's answered some prayers and God's walked you through it, the next time suffering comes, you kind of go back into, but wait, I thought God was good. And why am I suffering? And why does this happen? And why does that happen? You're like, I think we answered these questions once, you know? And so um, we do that ourselves. We do that with people we walk with um, in, in discipling and counseling. And um, it's a big question. I, I always remind people, and this is not the end of the answer, but just kind of at the very beginning, I, I push people to say, Listen, let's hold on to two things first. Let's remind ourselves that the Bible clearly states God is good. And the Bible clearly states that God is sovereign. And so no no matter what the circumstances look like, hurricanes, earthquakes, cancers, whatever that disaster is that's affecting you, um, let's not forget these two truths and realize that this circumstance doesn't change either one of those things now there's still a lot to walk through and talk about there but begin with those to hold on to those two pillars and if either of those falls out of whack we're really in trouble if god's sovereign but not good like he can do anything he wants but doesn't have to be good toward us mm-hmm. uh, we're in real trouble like we haven't seen disaster right mm-hmm. if he's good but not sovereign like he doesn't have absolute power then he wants to help us, but now he can't, and that leaves us in a lot of trouble. So I always say those are the two pillars I'm going to cling to first. He's good and he's sovereign, and let's start with that, and then we can begin to unpack the rest of what's going on in this disaster.
0: Yeah, and especially if you're, you have the opportunity to witness around people who are Christians, you can definitely Mm -hmm. be able to rely on those things. I think if you're dealing with people who are not Christians, who are maybe questioning, who Mm -hmm. are asking, you know, is God good? I, I think you could even go back farther and say this evil and suffering that we're talking about is going to imply that there's some kind of moral objective standard that's outside of us that there's some kind of good and evil and so it actually points to the existence of God and can be a great opportunity to be able to start the conversation and sharing who God is and who Christ is ultimately and uh, there's there's so much more to unpack with that and you could you know advance your learning in the problem of evil argument and c- continue to cultivate that to where you could have a deeper discussion on that. And in, in witnessing in these situations, there's so many things that we think about. But ultimately, what we want to do is go back to the beginning of where we were at in the podcast. And that is to say, you know, what's gone wrong in this world and start with understanding that sin has caused our world to be cursed for a time but then get to the place where we say what has gone right and that's the resurrection and the restoration of christ and things can be redeemed and things can be restored and so we can go out and witness with the confidence of christ and answering some of these questions and reflecting back to who christ is
1: yeah reminding people that there's hope even though they may not know christ yet we can we can speak hope into that situation because as as you pointed out they're assuming a couple of things when when they're going but look at this there can't be a good god it, all this is going wrong they're they're saying something's good they're also saying that they believe we're innocent and deserve good done to us <laughs> yeah. and we're not innocent because of the fall and that immediately can lead us into a conversation to go wait a minute they're you know there's, there should be good. It comes from somewhere. And, and you assume that we deserve something good, but we need to remember that we, we've sinned against God. And it began in the garden, but we continue in our own sinfulness. And that's why there's these evil things happening in the world. And this is what Jesus has done. And he's fixing the world. That's coming in the future. And he's making people in His image that can walk in those moments to share the hope that I want to share with you. And you can have that conversation with them so we can be hope bearers and speak hope, even when they may not have a relationship with Christ that can be a foundational starting point.
0: Yeah, and that's what we're gonna leave here with today is that when you are in the witnessing opportunities, definitely remember that hope is so important and to be able to communicate hope to the people who are suffering and at loss around us. And I know that we're closing out this segment of loving God and loving others, but we're going to start new things in the weeks to come, and I'm looking forward to doing that. And so we will look forward to being back with you next week.
1: That's right. Thank you.